The Disney brand and corporation has made billions selling the same theme movie after movie. In the words of Simba, oh, I just can't wait to be king. <laughs> Whether it's becoming king or queen or princess or prince, royalty is equated with happiness. It means that the strife is over, means happily ever after. For Elsa, she was born a princess, but had to embrace her own power in order to really become queen. For Aladdin, he got out of a life of poverty by marrying Princess Jasmine. Tiana worked all her life to save money and be independent and reluctantly fell in love with a prince. Rapunzel was restored to her rightful throne after years in captivity. Now that I've demonstrated to all of you that I have two children under the age of five, <laughs> we can back up. Disney didn't invent these age-old themes. They come from our literature, from Greek mythology, from our ancient human desire. We have long longed for the notion that once we make it to royalty, or if not as king or queen, but at least if we have money, and power, then we will live happily ever after. We will be saved from many of the hardships of this life, from yearning, from hunger, from living in fear. This is certainly what the Israelites are yearning for in the time of Jeremiah. They've been a divided and a conquered nation, and they are longing for, their for the day when their kingdom will reign again like the good old days of David. Jeremiah says, I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. Living and safety and righteousness are things that they thought would prove that they had been saved, that God was with them, often like us, right? When a terrible storm is coming and it veers off, we thank God because God saved us. If we're hungry and food shows up on our doorstep, we thank God because God showed us this bounty, saved us through this bounty. When Lena's Pizza forgets our salad dressing for a church event, and I call the Hutchison's to pick it up, and they're right there at the light in front of Lena's, surely God has preordained this moment. It's so sneaky, my friends, how that prosperity gospel creeps in to our thought, to our vernacular, the thought that if we're favored, if God is with us, then we'll know it through material signs, often through full bellies and large houses, and dare we say staircases gilded, which is why the people in our heartbreaking gospel are so eager to say to Jesus, look, if you can save others, why not save yourself? If you are really the Messiah, if you are the son of David and the king of kings, surely you can kick yourself off the cross. Come on, don't let us down. Prove to us you are royalty. Prove to us the happy ending 
is coming. Today is Christ the King Sunday, the last day of our calendar year when we celebrate Jesus as King of Kings and we read about how Jesus is a descendant of the mighty David. But what if we focused instead on how Jesus is a descendant of Bathsheba instead? I just heard a sermon on this by the brilliant biblical scholar, Dr. Will Gaffney. Gaffney says, if Jesus is the son of David, then he is every bit as much of the son of Bathsheba. But if we were to tell the truth, Jesus looks a whole lot less like David and a whole lot more like Bathsheba. Both body snatched by soldiers and handed over to someone who did whatever they wanted to their bodies. Indeed, the Gospel of Matthew lists out Jesus' lineage, tracing him back to David, which also claims that Jesus is a descendant of Bathsheba, a woman often incorrectly portrayed. She was summoned from her home for David's want. Even if she wanted to say no, she couldn't have. This was King David after all. And then David killed her husband on the battlefield to protect his own selfishness and perversion. Bathsheba was a survivor of violence who shifted the narrative. She made the best of the situation she had and wound up being a powerful queen. Will Gaffney again writes, I won't say Bathsheba loved David or even forgave him, but she lived as his wife and birthed his babies, bestowing a grace on him that he did not merit. Ain't that just like God? She took the broken pieces of her life and her own body and raised herself to new life with her head lifted high and even bagged a throne. We can celebrate today as Christ the King Sunday and herald Jesus as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. But is this fitting for Jesus? The one who like Bathsheba took all the broken pieces and raised them to new life. What if instead of remembering Jesus as Christ the King, we called Jesus Christ the persecuted one, Christ the victimized one, the outcast boy, the one of Mary's who performed some miracles but didn't live up to the hype one. This is why those in power had him wrapped in a crown of thorns, why he was called the King of the Jews in a mocking fashion. Jesus at his death was a laughingstock. And Jesus had no interest in correcting that narrative, none. Even at his last dying breath, he was consoling the people next to him on the cross. He wasn't professing his worth or revealing his true nature. He stayed focused on being the one who saved others because Jesus wasn't interested in being saved or redeemed. No, he was God, and God is the one who saves and redeems us. He didn't need us to claim him. Jesus was doing and saving, and still is, all of us. 
because Jesus isn't that much like David after all, thanks be to God. He isn't a warrior and he's not a womanizer and he doesn't have people killed to cover up his own mistakes. As Will Gaffney taught me, he's far more like Bathsheba, questioned by society, his body taken by the government and hustling for a way forward that creates life. That's our Jesus. And that's the type of ending I think we all need. We don't need a Disney story. We don't need a King David. We need a savior who understands heartache and loneliness and persecution. A God who, as his chest is crumbling on the cross, takes time to reassure the ones next to him that they will be in heaven. A Jesus who knows that the majesty of a life with God far exceeds any purple robe or crown or fancy castle this world could ever offer. This is our hope. This is our savior, our promise of resurrection. It's not about kings or lords where only a few people have power. It's a whole new way of life now. Jesus is reaching out for each one of us, making hope out of our broken lives, assuring us of a deeper love and truth that carries us through. Each of us are invited and insured of that paradise. Amen.